0: Do you, guys, do you guys do Easter baskets? Anybody do, still do Easter baskets? Maybe if you have little kids, you do Easter baskets. I, we did it growing up. We had Easter baskets every year. And I, when I got a little bit like into like, like older kid age, those were the best Easter baskets. Was this just my family, or did you guys do any of this kind of stuff? So I, I distinctly remember um, fifth grade, Easter, probably the oldest I got an Easter basket, I would say. Uh, but I got the, the first Foo Fighters CD in my Easter basket. That was pretty sweet, still holds up. Really great present. Um, had the, It was one that had like the, the, the futuristic looking pistol on it, you guys know? It was a classic album, all right. Um, hey, well, I wanna give you the top five items that you would want in your Easter basket in 2023. Can I do that? Can I give you those? Okay, top five. The, the number five is uh, Taylor Swift tickets, right? These things were expensive, they went fast. Even if you're not a fan, you could turn, you could flip them uh, but I would love to see the show. It would be great. Uh, number four, a map to the exact locations that the sargassum bloom will be hitting in the beaches this summer. Anybody know about this, sarg- this thing, the seaweed situation? It's a, this is a current event happening. Anybody else learn the word sargassum this week and try to work it in as much as possible? That's me right now. It's like you're trying to plan. We're, we're trying to figure out our plans for the summer. And it's like, well, what, what, you know, what beach is safe? Where do we go? So I'd love a map. Okay, anyway, maybe that's just for me. The third item you'd want in your, uh, your Easter basket this year, a second chance at your March Madness bracket. <laughs> just trying to give a little something to everybody. we got Taylor Swift, we got March Madness, some of, it's a Venn diagram, some of y'all do cross into both. Uh, number four, master's tickets for any day but yesterday. <laughs> if you were following along, they played golf for like half an hour yesterday. And everything's picking, they're, they're going at it right now. And then the number, the number one thing you would want in your Easter basket in 2023 would be the mittens you got at Christmas but never wore. That would be the item for today because my goodness, is cold. But I'm up here, I'm trying to make Easter happen. I'm not wearing socks, what am I doing? Why are we doing this? But it's, it's April, he is risen indeed, amen. All right, hey, you guys ready for a sermon? Okay, <laughs> that wasn't the sermon, this is... This is that was just a little extra, all right. Uh, so it is Resurrection Sunday. It is Easter. We we began the story of the resurrection in John. Caroline came up, and honestly, that was so great, Caroline. I was like, man, maybe she should just come back up for my part too. Um, but we're gonna oh, we're gonna continue in that passage in John twenty. Hello, all right. I had to. This Bible is so um, uh, is so stiff because it's brand new because I had to steal it because I left my entire backpack at home this morning. So I I literally like had to borrow an iPad, borrow a Bible. So yeah, it it doesn't know my, it doesn't know me yet. It doesn't know my touch, it's not responding to me. All right, John 20, verse 11. It's up here. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white. Seated where Jesus's body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. I'm going to read that again. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus. She saw Jesus. This is the first time anyone is seeing the resurrected Jesus. She saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who, who is it you're looking for? There he is being cheeky. Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. So I was in Talladega uh, like several years ago for a week, Speaking at a youth camp. Anybody ever been to Talladega? Anybody? Some of y'all, y'all just went for NASCAR. I bet some of you guys. I that was, this was my first, my first and only time to, to Talladega, Talladega. Talladega. It's hard to say multiple times in a row to Talladega. Um, and so I was there for the first day, stayed the first night, got up in the morning, and the first thing on my list was, all right, I gotta find some coffee here in Talladega. Anybody? Uh, That's like what you're gonna do, and I knew that there wasn't, I wasn't even gonna mess with the stuff at the place where we were staying, and so I got on my Maps app, and I looked up uh, coffee near me, and I found a place called Daily Grind Coffee Shop, and so I routed to Daily Grind Coffee Shop, and when I pulled into the parking lot, I, I saw multiple businesses, but I did not see a Daily Grind coffee shop. I saw uh, a vape shop. I saw a CrossFit gym that used to be a vape shop. I saw a freestanding Domino's pizza in the middle of the parking lot. And then some other stuff. And I'm, I'm looking around, I'm going, there's no coffee shop. So I, I see there's the phone number on the Maps app. And so I hit the phone number and call. Someone answers and goes, Hello? I said, hey, I'm looking for Daily Grind Coffee Shop. Uh, I can't find you guys. And she said, well, honey, where are you? I said, well, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm where it says to go. I'm in the parking lot, and I see a vape shop and a CrossFit gym and a Domino's. Did you guys move or something? Or, um, and she said, she said, oh, honey, we're in the Domino's. And I said, what? And so I look, I look a little closer and sure enough, there on the window of the Domino's pizza is painted the words Daily Grind Coffee Shop. And I'm like, all right, I'll see you in a minute. So I go inside and there's this lovely woman who was on the phone with me. And she said, you know, there's a story here. And I was like, I bet there is. And so she tells me her husband owns the Domino's and it was her dream to have a coffee shop. So they split the building in half. His side, cause he said, no one comes in here to eat pizza. They just get it to go, whatever. So we don't need all the square footage. They split the building in half. Domino's operates out of one half, and the Daily Grind coffee shop operates out of the other half. Same tile on the floor, same booths, same aesthetic. If you're wondering if Domino's makes a good coffee shop aesthetic, you know. Uh, And I got my coffee, and that was the thing, and it was a, was a, a wonderful experience. I went back every day for a week while I was there. Daily Grind coffee shop in the Domino's. All right, here we are, the first day of Jesus's resurrection in the first sighting and Mary is staring right at the resurrected Jesus and does not see him. She's looking right at him. She's looking, she's she's she sees dominoes but not daily grind. She's seeing a man and not recognizing that it's him. And this is John, we've been working, if you've been with us for a while, we've been working through the gospel of John since the beginning of last year, and we just happened upon this moment for this special day. Uh, But this is John coming to the end of his storytelling in this gospel, and he's been talking about this from the beginning. In chapter one, he says, he says, in the beginning, which is throwback language to Genesis, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, he says that, that that the light of the world came into the world, the life came into the world, that which made, the one who created and made everything came to the world, and the world did not recognize him. Did not recognize him. Here Mary is, she's walked with Jesus. Um, one of the other gospel writers said that Mary Magdalene, this woman, that Jesus had driven seven demons out of her. Which seven in, in the Hebrew mind is is the number of completion. So it might have just been an overwhelming deliverance that took place. That's being this number is being used. This is a woman who's experienced his ministry, who has her, her life is fully devoted to the one who has liberated her and touched her life, and she's looking at him and she doesn't see him. She does not recognize this Jesus. And for us today. The question, the idea of this whole time that we're together is, uh, is, hey, Jesus is here. He is risen. He is resurrected. He is standing before you. Do you see him? Do you recognize him? Um, John says Mary looks at Jesus, didn't recognize him, and thought he was the gardener. This is not accidental language. This is very, very, very intentional language. Many have said that, that the gospel of John should actually be called second Genesis. It's, it's full of illusions, throwbacks to the language of Genesis, and specifically the language of Genesis 1, 2, and 3 in the garden. In the beginning, God creates humanity, and he places them in a garden to tend his, the chaos of his creation. God created the world, and it was good, but it wasn't done. His, his work was finished in the moment, but he then placed a man and a woman in this garden to bear fruit and to, cultive, to do the work of cultivating all that God had created. This is the original vocation of humanity and the story of the Bible. Maybe you you know this, maybe you don't. The story of the Bible is God created everything, it was good, created humanity, it was very good, gave them a purpose. It wasn't just like now they're gonna hang around naked eating off the trees, the good trees, like you see in the kind of children's book illustrations. They were naked, but they had work to do. They had a purpose, a sense of purpose. I wonder if there's anybody here today and you feel like you're lacking purpose in your life. And you might be going, I'm here, it's Easter, but I don't see that question getting answered today. You know, church is about where you go when you die, where we'll just be sitting around on clouds with nothing to do, right? No, the entire message of the Bible, God created it, it was good, created us, it was very good, gave us a purpose, we lost our way, everything went wrong, Genesis chapter three, the, the, the creation itself enters into a, a state of cursedness where instead of blossoms and blooms and fruit that comes naturally and easily, the ground has to be tilled and fought with and sweated against with thorns and thistles and work becomes something that has friction attached to it rather than flowing naturally out of the identity of humanity. And Jesus shows up in the garden and Mary sees him, doesn't recognize him, and and thinks he is the gardener. The, The question, the implicit question that John is asking his readers and asking us today is the gardener is back. The gardener's back. He is creating something in your life. He's He's kneeling down in the soil of your existence in a new way. He's entering into the chaos of God's creation in whatever state it's in, in your life and in your world. He is at work. That's not in question. I believe, sincerely, God is at work in your life today. He is. He just is. Do you see it? Do you recognize him? Got a couple of really powerful quotes I'd love to share with you. The first is from G.K. Chesterton. Uh, We've read this for years here at Grace Midtown. It's such a powerful Easter quote about this passage. On the third day, the friends of Christ coming at daybreak to the place found the grave empty and the stone rolled away. In varying ways, they realized the new wonder, but even they hardly realized that the world had died in the night. What they were looking at was the first day of a new creation, With a new heaven and a new earth. And in a semblance of the gardener, God walked again in the garden in the cool, not of the evening, but of the dawn. The world died in the night. The the new creation was bursting forth. You see, it wasn't just Jesus who was risen, but the entire world was rising anew for the first time that morning. They didn't know it. They couldn't see it. Maybe you didn't. Don't know it and don't see it, but the new creation was at hand that first morning. We got another quote from NT. Wright. Turns out, if you want to be a respected theologian, you're not allowed to have a first name. You only get initials. Mary's intuitive guess that he must be the gardener was wrong at one level and right, deeply right at another. This is the new creation. Jesus is the beginning of it. Remember Pilate, Pontius Pilate, when Jesus is being sentenced, Here's the man. Here he is, the new Adam, the gardener, charged with bringing the chaos of God's creation into new order, into flower, into fruitfulness. He's come to uproot the thorns and thistles and replace them with blossoms and harvests. As we stand there and listen, overhearing Mary's conversation, a typical sequence for John of people getting the wrong idea, let your pain and the pain of the people you're with speak itself to Jesus, whether or not they know who he is it's powerful stuff the new creation has begun this is easter this is resurrection sunday and this is you know what you guys know this you guys probably have this all figured out some of you are like yes yes i was just reading chesterton yesterday i find his ideas elementary though accurate well, tell me something i don't know today rob well you know what I may, are you guys like living are you just your life is just the new creation you're you're out there. You're walking in the garden. You're in the cool. You're, you're John Frank. You live in the cool of the day, don't you, bro? You're in it all the day, all the time. I don't know about you guys. Anybody like have a hard time? Even if you have moments of ah, oh, yeah, God is it working my life. Anybody have a hard time like abiding in that place? Anybody get stressed out? Anybody get frustrated? Anybody get angry? You're not allowed to be angry, Christians. Anybody get angry? Yo, man, I mean, every new responsibility in your life, I feel like bring, at least for me, I'll just speak for myself, makes like anger becomes more of a thing. Like my daughter punched me in the face multiple times this week. You know, she's three and a half. But the thing, there's a thing that comes, you're like, oh man, I really don't like how I feel right now. Let me reflect on this moment. Let me go journal. Honey, you're good for a minute? I'm gonna go. Daddy's gonna go journal. I haven't seen, I don't even know where my journal is. traffic relationships work traffic <laughs> current events ooh social media your own stuff that you're not telling me about maybe nobody it can be hard even even when we we know on one level that Jesus is risen, and that his new life is present here for us, and that God did a thing 2,000 years ago that, that impacted everything. It, most of us probably aren't. Our experience of our life is not that it's impacting every part of our life all the time, right? And that's okay, um, because this, is, this whole thing we're doing here is, is we're working it out. We're figuring it out. But today... What we're here to do this morning. What I want to do this morning is I I just want to remind you again that the gardener is standing before you and he's dirty. He's got soil on his knees. He's got dirt under his fingernails. Jesus, Jesus is not. He's not wearing this pristine off-white suit as he works in your. Life. He's he's he looks like a gardener. He's sweating, sun-kissed. He's at work. He's doing something in the real places of your life. The, um, the title of this message today is The Season of Singing. You see it on the screen over here. The Season of Singing. And this is language from the Song of Solomon. And I'd love to, to read this passage to you. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, 8 through 13. If you haven't read the Song of Solomon, uh, you should, but, you know, buckle up. (laughs) Listen, my beloved, this is this conversation between a lover and the beloved. Listen, my beloved, look, here he comes leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. This is the invitation of the the lover to the beloved. Come with me. The season that you've been in has come to a close and the next season is beginning. And this speaks prophetically to what was happening in human history, in the the history of the national Israel at the time of, of the first century as the long-awaited Messiah had come and with him a new creation, a new world, the winter they'd been living in, under the oppression of the law, had come to a close in the season of grace, the season of singing had come. This This is like what's happening in the narrative of the scripture, human history, the season of singing has come. I also believe this is a message for your personal life today. And I would just go on a limb and say, there is a prophetic sense. And when I say prophetic, I mean, I feel like and our team feels like God is speaking in this time in the life of our church and for your life. And we're just going to, if you're like checking things out or you happen to jump online for a minute, like you're a part of this thing too, that God is bringing about the season of singing in your life. The winter, what's the winter you've been in? The rains have come and gone, he says. What have the rains been where you've been cooped up? You can't see beyond the the moment. You kind of just survive winter, survive the cold. You huddle up, you bundle up. You make it through. And then this thing happens, and it's, it's crazy. It's the thing that happens every year, and that's that the temperature starts to rise, and the days start to get a little bit longer and the nights start to get a little bit shorter and the birds start to sing outside your window before you're even out of bed and the world changes around you. It's incredible. Never, never has the spring failed to come. It's, the, the morning is like that too. The darkest night the night that feels the longest still comes to a close. It still gives way to morning. Every time, every time. I felt it last night. We had a crazy night last night, y'all. Um, so Kirby and I, we, uh, the kids went down. So we have a three and a half year old and one and a half year old. And, um, you know, there's just no guarantees for nighttime. There's just no guarantees, right? So you try to just live with open hands. I just, I stay at peace all the time with this, you know. Live open-handed. Whatever comes, comes. The Lord gives, he takes away. It's all good, you know? I never get worked up about it. Um, and so last night, the kids went down early, and it was like, this is amazing. We both, we got our stuff ready for today. We were in bed at like 9.30 or something. We're like, this is crazy. This is, t- tomorrow is going to be the best Easter because we are going to be so rested. And, uh, and then I couldn't fall asleep. And then Waverly woke up, our youngest, and then she was up till like 2.30. And then during that time, but I'm grateful that during that time, uh, we happened to be awake in the middle of the night. uh, We got a text message saying, hey, um, someone broke into the church and stole the keyboards off the stage tonight. Literally, that happened last night. Someone came in here, stole both of the keyboards. Um, So in the middle of the night, it's like, okay, we're awake That's good, it's good that we know this now, I guess. Kirby sends a couple text messages, posts an Insta story, and literally within minutes, the same versions of the keyboards that were stolen became available today. So, you know what, try again next year, devil, because (laughs) we got friends with musical instruments, all right? But I will tell you for a moment, for a moment there in the middle of the night, it was like, what is happening? Kirby, we got finally, when we got back in bed, Kirby was like, at first I was like, oh no, is Easter canceled? <laughs> and I was like, I felt that. It was like the Grinch came and stole Christmas. I was like, what do we do? But if you've watched the Grinch, you know that, that the, the people of Whoville, the Who's, they don't need the presents. They don't need the trees. They don't need all the treats because Christmas comes with and without all that stuff. And that's true for us today. We're not here today for the, for the songs, actually. And Kirby, let me say, Kirby and Jasmine were up here all day yesterday getting all the flowers and everything set up. And it's so beautiful. And we were like, man, I bet they, like, smashed the flowers. Um, come on. Yeah, they're awesome flowers. I bet those flowers were just trampled. They were not. The Lord protected the flowers. Um, but you know what? We, even if the flowers were gone... Even if the building had burned down in the night, East, it's Easter. He's risen with or without a building. He's risen with or without keyboards. He's risen with or without all the trappings and the things that we do it because it's meaningful and it's special and it, we wanna, we, and for our team, we wanna, we wanna provide an intentional and special experience of this day for anyone who's come because we want you to come awake to God in a new way in your life. But finally, I had my moment. I had my moment at like 2.30 in the morning, laying on the floor, once, the, once we figure, okay, we got our plan. Oh, the keyboards are ready. Okay, okay, okay. And I went, oh, I think I see the gardener. Because I'd, I'd struggled, honestly, all week kind of getting to the place of like, okay, okay. What are we, what are we really doing here? What's, what's God saying? What's God doing? What's the thing? I, had the, I feel like I had the right ideas, you know, a while out. And then getting up to the day, I'm going, or what are you doing? laying on the floor in the middle of the night. Okay, I see you, I see you. My experience, my experience through the years has been when God, when God is doing something really special and really unique, those are the moments when there's the greatest resistance leading up to it. It just tends to be how it goes. And so I'm laying there going, oh, I'm so grateful for the confirmation that tomorrow's an important day. I'm so grateful for the confirmation that tomorrow's a special day. I'm I'm grateful for the confirmation that God wants to do real work in some real people's lives. And you know what? I'm assuming that there's some real people with some real stuff going on in their lives that are going to be with us this week. And so I wonder, where are you? Where are you at today? Are you you aware of the thing, of your own need and your own desires? And can those be directed at God this morning? Mary is standing there before Jesus and she, in her grief, it was very real grief. Grief's an important thing. In her grief, is unable to recognize him until what? Until he says, Mary. He speaks her name. And she says, Rabbani, teacher. Her eyes are opened the moment he speaks her name. I wonder for you, are you in a place where, you, yeah, you see him, you know the story you read the quote, you read, you did your devotional, you went to the meeting, you did the thing. You need him to speak your name today. Thomas Later in this chapter, he says, "Unless I see, unless I see the Lord, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe." A week passes, and Jesus shows up and says, Thomas, put put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas needed a real personal experience with the resurrected Jesus. And you know what? That's okay. That's good. And what's amazing is Jesus doesn't say, you know what, because you didn't believe me based on somebody else's story, you don't get it. He shows up and he says, here. Put your hand right here. He meets him where he is. He gives him what he needs. Peter, in the next chapter, has his moment on the beach. We'll talk about this in a few weeks. Three times he denied him, and three times he's given the chance to tell them that he loves him. Peter, in his shame, needs to know that he's fully forgiven, fully loved, thoroughly, the grace of God has been applied to his life. Where are you today? Who are you in the story? What's the story of your own life? What, what is God doing and saying to you right now? What's the invitation, the personal invitation to experience him? This is the song of Solomon language. My darling, my beautiful one, come away with me. Jesus is there, peering through the lattice. Who's he looking at? He's looking at you. Not just the person next to you, not just the spiritual person, not just the one who has it all together, not just the one who prayed more. He's looking at you. And he's saying, come on. Come with me. I, uh, Yesterday, thinking about this message, I just kept thinking about this song by The Killers. You guys know the band, The Killers? Named the biggest rock band of the 21st century, so you should know who they are, okay? The Killers, their song, Rut, um, which has a really unique story behind it. But the first first two lines of the song, I just want to read them to you. Um, I won't sing them because then I have to pay a, a license, so I won't do that. I can't keep my mind off of every little wrong. I see the mouths are open, but I can't hear the song. That's that, that image has been in my mind uh, for like the past 24 hours thinking about today. Is there somebody here who you, you, you see, you're seeing, I see everybody singing, but I can't hear it. I can't, I don't hear the music. I'm here. I showed up, I'm going through the motions, I'm doing the stuff, I'm doing the things that I know to do but I don't feel it. I don't hear the song. Um, He wrote that Brandon Flowers, the singer of The Killers, he wrote that song for his wife as she was dealing with her own story of depression and trauma from her childhood and from her perspective. And I've just been thinking so much about this. Um, If I can get real with you guys, I I know or know of two different young people who were followers of Jesus who've taken their own lives over the past two weeks. Um, and I, I don't, obviously can't speak to all the details and all the story and all the thing there. My heart is just broken as I think about these individuals. And um, there's, a, there's obviously so many layers there. But we need to hear the song. We need to see the gardener. We need to be those who hear him speak our name and can put our hand his wounds and to see the Jesus who shows up he shows up with his wounds and he embraces ours you don't have to have it all together you don't have to figure it all out like Caroline said you don't have to show up with a bow today This this is Jesus the gardener with his knees in the dirt coming to meet you and to speak to you and the words that he's saying are the winter has passed the season of singing has come Can you hear the song? Can you hear the song? I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And what I want to do is uh, just create a little bit of space. We've got um, we've got communion stations like all around the room, everywhere right now. The uh, there is a gluten free one right there. That's the gluten free one. Um, So just you've been told and. We also have ministry team. These folks would love to pray for you. They are going to be, Caroline, back here. Yeah, they'll be back against this wall if you'd like to receive prayer today. Um, we also are going to be baptizing people at the end of the 11 o'clock gathering. And if, you've, if God has done something in your life and you have not publicly had the moment of publicly declaring that work in your own life and you want to come get baptized, we've got everything you need, show back up at the end of the 11 and we will throw you in that tank. We'll throw you right in. you stand with me Jesus we want to be those who see you who recognize you who hear your voice who've touched your wounds those who can walk forward with the confidence that you're at work in our life because we put our hand in your side no no The, the the arguments don't even land the arguments against his goodness I put my hand in his side Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas, legend has it, he went the furthest, by the way, to carry the message of the gospel. He gets a bad rap. The guy who had, he, he needed more maybe up front. He needed more. And that's okay, maybe you need more. Maybe you're going, I, you, you, you're kind of the person, you're like, you know what, I've never like radically thrown myself into this Jesus thing. It's not my personality, whatever. That's Okay. The person who needed more actually went the furthest. Not that it's a contest. It's okay to need a little bit more. I need to touch his side. Okay, Jesus, would you show up? Would you show up and would you would you would you take some people's hand and place it on your side today? Jesus, for the person who can't who who sees all the mouths moving but can't hear the song, would you would you open our hearts to hear your voice today? For the person who knows the story but can't find themselves in it. Would you speak our name today? For the person who's been debating, is this worth it? Is this whole thing worth it? Is this life worth it? Would you give us a vision of you the gardener kneeling in the soil of our life? Saying, "I know I know it's a mess. It's a mess. Hey, you know what? You're a mess." It's chaotic But I'm a gardener You guys would just humor me for a minute. Would you mind all closing your eyes? If there's anyone here today and you're saying, "Rob, I, I um, this is kind of I'm at a moment. I'm at a moment where it's sort of a first time moment for me." If you're here and you you recognize Jesus is doing a work in your life and speaking to you in a new way, and you're you're waking up, you're coming awake to Him right now, and you want to cross a threshold and say yes to Jesus and be one who. Gives your life to Jesus and accepts His love, His power, His life, His forgiveness, His grace in your life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand up today? I'll see you. I see you. Anybody else? I see you. Anyone else? I want to make a couple more moments? Anyone else? You're saying yeah. I, I want to. I want today to be my day. Why not? It's Easter. It's a good day for it. Anyone else? Yeah, I see you. Anyone else? Is there anyone today who, if you're honest, with everybody's eyes closed, if you're honest, you've been having a hard time. And maybe you didn't know if, if you were gonna be able to bring that part of your life into this room today, but, but you, the doors are open, the floodgates are open. You've been having a hard time and you felt really alone and maybe even a little scared of how you've been feeling. Um, everybody's eyes are closed, but I'd love to see you. If you're comfortable with it, would you would you raise your hand up? I see you. I see you. I see you. Just another minute. Thank you for your courage. Jesus, would you let us hear your voice today? Communion is open. Prayer team is available. We're going to respond and worship. Amen.